Definitely me too, isn't he? Old Mr. Jenks. Yeah, we might get triggered. I mean, are they doing a bit? I think it's sometimes difficult to tell. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard. leopard, leopard, leopard. Welcome to Beware of the Leopard, your A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Mark Steadman. And I'm on my last elbows. I'm John Hickman, and my doctor says I have a malformed public duty gland and a natural deficiency in moral fibre, and therefore I'm excused from saving universes. I'm John Bands, and I think something terrible happened to you as well, and that's why we recognised each other. Before we open up our copies of the guide to the J section, uh, I wanted to ask for your help. If you like the show, and one can surmise that hopefully you do, since you're still subscribed, (laughs) then uh, do tell some people, because it'd be nice uh, for more people to come and listen and join in the fun. Uh, So go and tell a friend. Point them at btlpodcast.com, or if you see someone with a phone, rip it out of their hands and open up their podcast app and look for Beware of the Leopard and subscribe them um, and, and, and And they will eventually thank you for it once they've got over the shock of you resting a device from their their, their sweaty hands. Um, So go do that. Can we get Cambridge Analytica on board? I'm sure they can sort us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sounds good. Topical. Uh, And now let's fast wind (laughs) through the index to Jay. Jaglin Beta is second out from the star Jaglin near the Axel Nebula. And uh, no, Mr. Hickman, this isn't a real place. <laughs> it's the lead singer of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> it has cold moons, so it's useful to wrap a towel around you to keep you warm. Ford once saw a star buggy smash into its third moon, and there's a song called I Left My Leg in Jaglin Beta. Would anyone like to have a stab at a verse? I left my leg in Jaglin Beta. Now I can't find my feeter. <laughs> Is that a cheese reference? <laughs> that is absolutely totally like a Bonzo Dog Doodah band song. That would completely have passed their quality control. <laughs> yes. I very much like the song, The Humanoid Boogie, um, even though for the entire song, they misunderstand what the word humanoid means and think it means Android. <laughs> <laughs> The whole, the whole song is done in a robot voice because they think humanoid means android. Um, and it, there, there's lots of beep-beep references oh. and stuff. It's a great song, um, but it's completely oh. um, spurious. I mean, are they doing a bit? I think it's sometimes difficult to tell. I, I, I credit them with a lot of intelligence, but this was the 60s, so I doubt, I, I would imagine android and humanoid, there probably wasn't a lot of talk around that at the, at the time, so it was probably very easy to mix them up. That's my potential. That's my reading of it. Well, there's not a lot of call for that sort of thing around here. <laughs> Indeed. These are the 60s. We don't we don't have any of these noids. My my um, my assumption with uh, I left my heart in uh, Jaglan Beater is that it's a standard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's an old universe uh, swing song. So any um humanoid android or super intelligent color uh, shade of the color blue. Yeah, super intelligent uh, shade of uh, the mafia <laughs> reflected into a prism could probably uh, as long as they're over 60 could knock out uh, a decent version of this, which means, and because of the way they would knock it all out, it means the words do not matter. No, you're right. Because as long as they start with, and they would just uh, go on. And um, if they can t- they can get away with that. Um, young, fat, uh, 
pop stars trying to uh, do a solo album. Canucks, get away with this. So all those all those new fangled singers who's there like this. Well, just, well, after all of those, um, all of those people who sound like they're being strangled mm-hmm. will eventually uh, need to reinvent themselves with a big band and a tuxedo and it won't work. <laughs> Robbie Williams tried it and it nearly worked. But, so I was just thinking about this. So they, they, they can make up, they can make up the hoods. And so uh, my granddad, for example, always uh, used, used to like singing my way. Did he do the Sid Vicious version or did he? I don't think he knew what version he was doing. And I don't think he knew how any of the words went. Right. Um, there's a bit in um, my way, which is I, I state my case without exception, I think is the, the lyrics. And he always used to go, without contraception. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps he was doing it in the original French. I state my case on which I'm certain, isn't it? Um, I know the one you mean, uh, and I think it's without exemption. Um, uh, but yes, there, there's. Uh, I've, I'll state my case of which I'm certain, but there is another line with, with, without without exemption or something like that. So the, yes, there there is another line. That um, so you're both right, and you're both very handsome. I mean, it sounds like terms and conditions when you when you hear yes. it read out like this. Yes, Mark. it does. Did you know that because of an, <laughs> because of an update to my way, Facebook now owns your photos. Did you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Tony Christie sings the best of Adobe licensing. <laughs> Is this the way to terms and conditions? <laughs> You could, t- I mean, if we if we're a rich uh, production company, we could totally make that happen, <laughs> and it would not sell, but it would be worth doing. <laughs> Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. Terms and conditions apply. Your home is at risk, <laughs> John. Yes, mate. On this, on this, I left my leg in Jackman Beta. You know, you, you've talked about it being like a a just under, but um, I was surprised when you didn't. Uh, take it to take it to the music hall, mate. If you're leaving your leg in Jaglan Beta, there's a number of other things that you could leave in other places. Um, and and oh, I could yes. imagine a George Formby yeah. type of um, galactic performer, made the sort of, probably the sort of person who would play uh, just before uh, the puddings at Millie Ways, maybe. The apocalypse has turned out nice again. <laughs> Um, so I wonder if you could, uh, could, could you music haul it up for me as well? Well, you, you need to find out uh, basically some uh, galactic or star things that were uh, thinly veiled euphemisms for the penis. <laughs> Your big dipper. The, um, if, if we're going to do the um, uh, Life, the Universe and Everything version, we can have a lot of fun with the Wicked Gates. Uh, <laughs> we could. I've grabbed my golden bales and cricket robots came. <laughs> But she grabbed me by the wooden one and put me outside the gate. I've never ran, I've never moved so fast as when I darted into the other room so that I could grab my ukulele as soon as someone mentioned George Foreman <laughs> or Fornby. Right, well, you just had to pop in and put some uh, pork yeah, exactly. chops on. <laughs> I don't often grill, I don't often play the ukulele, but when I do, I play it badly. Um, Mark, next time, uh, John, next time I'm going on about something, you, you just start writing down the lyrics and then uh, Mark will just write out loose jam and it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. And uh, after that, I definitely need a drink. But uh, let's let's keep it musical. Oh, don't give me none of that old jank spirit. This is my audiobook reading voice. 
No, don't you give me no more of that old jank spirit. For my head will fly, my tongue will lie, my eyes will fry, and I may die. Won't you pour me one more of that sinful old jank spirit? So goes the famous song. Um, you can see an, an odd video of two naked guys singing a blues version of this in a public park. Uh, a link is in the show notes. Mr. Bounds, do you think that old Jack Spirit is just a brand name, or does it come preloaded with a storied and infamous past worthy of the moniker? I don't think I can move past the um, naked video no. um, for the moment. Um, d- d- did you recognise? I-, I was watching it. Do you recognise where that is? It is the central island of Five Ways Edgebaston. It is not. No. Oh, yes, it is. Crikey. You can see the uh, buses going past and you can see the big Tesco uh, on the corner. It took, I, I, I was... So, please, listeners, go off and have a... Stop, pause the podcast now, go and watch the video, come back. Oh, they're naked. Oh, they're so naked. Apart from their shoes. Um, so, is, is this... Are there are there lots of videos of naked men doing this song? Um, and this just happened or, to be the one it, that or, I picked. Well, well, the YouTube is is a powerful creature, and it and it knows you're connected to Birmingham. Or or is it a uniquely Brummy event? I'm. It's a very good question. There is there is so much mystery surrounding this because um, you're right, John. I can see Five Ways Island. Um, I never. I, now that I'm looking for it, I can see it. Oh, for those of you listening who've never been to Birmingham. <laughs> We're talking about a roundabout. Oh no! I, was, I thought you were going to clarify that Five Ways Island wasn't a you, wasn't a uh, euphemism for what we could see when you lifted up the acoustic guitar. <laughs> That's right next to me, juggling beat in my Five Ways Island. <laughs> oh god! I think I just saw a spaghetti junction. Just, I think I just saw the wicket gates. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many mysteries around this video. Why is it a tiny postage stamp bit of video in the top left-hand corner, and why is there a? Um, a grey bar just below it that looks like it's been just cropped and copied from another video. I don't understand that. Um, the person who posted the video doesn't seem to have any connection with the people who made it. Um, it's um, it, There are so many questions surrounding this video, not least of which are, why are they naked? Um, I, I feel that's almost sort of well, that's the video. I'm more weirded out by the, the the wrapping around of of the various mysteries. Listeners, if you if you, if you'd like um if you'd like a challenge, considering this was obviously for, uh, um filmed in Birmingham and we have some Birmingham listeners, hi. Um, if if we can do a six degrees of Kevin Bacon on this, and you might know someone who knows someone who who maybe did the camera work or uh. Uh, the costume design, then um, then let us know. The costumes. <laughs> Feedback at ptlpodcast.com. The costume designer didn't turn up that day. It's quite <laughs> I'm wondering if it might be the same people who are responsible for, do you remember Brummy Baywatch? I've been thinking the same thing as you've been describing that. I'm glad you brought it up. Brummy Baywatch was a marvellous, marvellous piece of video. Similarly, City Centre and, not well, Tackle Out, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Sort of pr- pranking, video pranking like... Um, as if they were waiting for YouTube to exist <laughs> about 10 years too too soon. So Brummy Baywatch, we used to have a, a fountain in the city centre, uh, which is now... Um, so <laughs> the fountain's got a statue in it. Everybody called it the Fluzine, the Jacuzzi. Um, they didn't. No one called it that. We, 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 
we can't afford to put water in the fountain anymore. So they've filled it in with a, um, uh, a bed of flowers. And so now it's called the Lady Garden. No one calls uh, it that. <laughs> which is another, it's a euphemism heavy episode. <laughs> And these 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 fellas, uh, for some reason, performed um, to the the uh, David Hasselhoff theme tune a series of lifeguard rescues in the statues <laughs> pond. It's it's a very good video. I'm sure it's worth a, a quick YouTube. So the old jank spirit. I've been thinking about this, and of course, any uh, alcohol brand or any brand at all with old in it. There's the biggest indicator that it's not authentic, but it's searching for authenticity. Mm. Um, so I'm imagining uh, that this, uh, I don't know, maybe it is an old recipe. Maybe it used to have cocaine in it. Um, <laughs> cocaine. Like, like you, that just used to be in everything. You just go, well, that's, that's, not, that's not going very well. Just put a bit of coke in it. There you go. But um, it's a... Uh, it's just like it's almost like advertising executives uh, have gotten onto. So they're trying to corner the market for cocaine themselves. So they've told everybody you can't put cocaine in things anymore. So you've got to advertise them to make people think they could. But they're um, so I'm assuming that the may or may not have been, but there certainly has been fictionalized an old Mister Janks, who uh, he was um, he was a little <laughs> bit just, naughty. He sounds yeah. terrible. He's Definitely me too, isn't he? Old Mr. Jenks. <laughs> but he was, um, so the, 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 the story of uh, old Jenks spirit probably uh, features a foxy female descendant of his talking about how, uh, oh, it was an, uh, it was an old, um, old recipe, but uh, obviously completely, uh, all, we still use the old recipe, but obviously completely too modern hygiene standards. And, but there's a, it's aged in barrels of cocaine. Yeah, so maybe or maybe maybe it is really old, but it definitely has had an advertising makeover. It's probably trying to associate itself with young up and coming bands, some of whom who will perform naked in on traffic islands. So I wonder <laughs> if they go the old spice route and and revamp their marketing campaign with a bunch of celebrity endorsements. You know, do they get get like Zayfod, Beeblebrox, uh, or? Um, I don't know uh, the the uh, Max Quartalpleen, the uh, MC at the uh, restaurant at the end of the universe uh, to to come on and, and advertise. Yeah, because uh, Old, Old Spice did that a few years ago. Well, what they do is they get people um, that, that they get they get people from uh, other territories to come over yes. and do the adverts in a territory where it can't be seen. So Zayfod's only going to be in parts of the galaxy where he's not regarded, uh, where he, you know he doesn't want to be too cool. Yes. Um, where he can afford to let his brand slip a bit. Oh, your brand's showing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, it's 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 Kevin Bacon. It it really is. It's it's uh, yeah, Bacon, Pacino. Um, they're all out. And over weirdly, here. Freeman. Why is Freeman doing those adverts? Oh, I, 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 I well, uh, as as from from what I can gather, divorce. Oh, okay. The John Cleese method. But it's the it's the lost in translation thing, yeah. isn't it? From a um, from a writing point of view, Douglas is is obviously riffing on. Um, Jack Daniels, I would say, mm. which specifically has this um, this affectation of being called old number seven, mm. and obviously that connects with the the idea of this kind of like bluegrass type song and all those all those other things. It's it's taking the um, the the trappings of uh, that kind of Tennessee deep South idea and it's stretching it up onto eclectic 
canvas um, quite quite successfully. It's it's quite 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 a nice idea. But I wonder if there's any um, I wonder if there's any sort of uh, controlled origin type rules in space. You know, like the like the Cornish pasty, um, like the uh, Melton Mowbray pork pie, um, and those sorts of things. Do, can you only make an old jank spirit in certain parts of the galaxy? Oh yes, of course, and it, yeah, it'll have to use the equivalent of of yeast or whatever that was born in that particular area. Uh, yes, so there'll have, there might be traditional methods that are involved. There may be um, maybe sort of particular types of barrels and, and particular um, days when things get harvested, and all these other kind of weird little little quirks of things that just just mess a lot of stuff up mm-hmm. and this means there'll also be either a an apostrophe that is or isn't there on the packaging <laughs> mm-hmm. that no one ever uses the right way around or a number of like a lot of uh small writing on the uh, bottle which indicates the fact that there were other products so like uh pim's number one cup all of those other types of what? All what, the other what, other, what other numbers were there? Apparently, you can now buy number five cup as well. But what happened to uh, two to four inclusive? I don't know. Yeah, um, no one's ever had a pair of Levi five hundred ninety nines, have they? Four hundred ninety nines just went straight for five hundred ones, didn't they? Five twelves are loose fit. They're quite nice. And uh, now to someone quite interesting. John Lloyd co-wrote episodes five and six of the first radio series and worked with Adams on The Meaning of Lyft, among other projects. Mr Hickman, you and I talked recently on another show about one of Lloyd's creations, QI, but I wondered if you had any other favourites. Yeah, th- um, I'm going to sort of thank you here, really, for, for opening my eyes to who this man is. Because uh, I un- until until I read the notes for what we were going to do today, I had no idea. Really? Yeah, yeah seriously. Because I... That's quite a joke in our house because about two years ago there was a big um, interview with uh, John Lloyd in the New Statesman, right? And the sort of um, Stan first said um, he's probably the the funniest man you've never heard of, and we keep going like, um, what? Like, how could they have written this thing and thought people hadn't heard of John Lloyd? It's like you know how um, I know Iggy Pop uh, has got a radio show on uh, Six Music and plays all these obscure. Songs. How has he ever heard of that song? And it's just like Bowie's Heroes over and over again. I was think always thinking that um, you go, oh no, it's John Lloyd. You never heard of John Lloyd, but really, I'm 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 interested and intrigued, John, because you know a lot about a lot of things. But um, yeah, but not John Lloyd. Genuinely, haven't. And I, I've been looking through the things that he's worked on, and he's worked on all of the things. Um, there's some. There's a there's a, there's a couple of slightly yeah less interesting things in in this cv but um you're talking of someone who's worked on blackadder not the nine o'clock news um spitting image this is all good stuff and and qi as we talked about and the the associated things like um no such thing as no such thing as a fish this is just museum of curiosity yeah phenomenal it's even he even worked on some of the Monty Python stuff. He's been around. I think he may have done some stuff with Red Dwarf. I might be wrong on that, but I I have a feeling there was um he, he did something with Red Dwarf as well. Man invented the news quiz as well. Mm. I always assumed the news quiz was much older than that. I hadn't realised. Well wow. one of the first things he did, I think, when he um started uh, Radio Four. So when you when you look at this list of things like Not the Nine O'clock News, Blackadder, Spitting Image, QI, I mean they're all 
standards of the of the of the kind of the canon of English television comedy. Mm-hmm. So um, it's difficult to pick something out, but I just um, gives me gives me a chance to sort of talk about Spitting Image for a moment mm-hmm. because pro- probably I was sort of too young for Spitting Image. I mean, there were various attempts to do kind of like mini revival things mm-hmm. over the years, weren't there? Yeah, but um, did it end when Major was Prime Minister? He was still PM when it was on. Yeah. I cannot recall if there was a, a Blair scene. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there wasn't. There was a Blair puppet. Was there really? So, mm. oh, yeah, well, because he would have been leader of the opposition. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 so essentially I kind of like, um, it was something that was around all the time and it's something that I saw as a kid, but I probably would have appreciated it more now but it's probably not something you could go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, satire like that doesn't age that well. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a great shame because it was it's such a such a such a big and important show in so many ways, and it it brought so many people. Um, it's started so many pe- people's careers and things yeah. like that. So it's it's a shame that it's almost kind of um, yeah, like a little. It, it's it's both a huge part of the national psyche and a kind of a an obscure curio at the same time, and that's I don't I can't really think of anything else in the popular consciousness of, of British people that is like that mm. that we don't revisit, but we re- but we revere. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, not the nine o'clock news is kind of in the same bracket, I suppose, because people talk about how important that was. But I I I would I would venture that. Spitting image was probably bigger and probably more important. Yes, yeah, I would think so because it. It, I think. Um, I, I, I think both shows did a, a good job of speaking truth to power, but Spitting Image probably had a, a harder edge to it because, um, you know, Richard Curtis tends to round the edges off most of his stuff, whereas right. I think Spitting Image was probably a little bit more. I, I, that's certainly my memory, whether that's true. Um, because again, you know, I was at an age where it was, yeah, it, 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 I would have been too young. I was told that I mustn't watch it. So, yeah. There are some absolutely phenomenal, uh, not nine o'clock news sketches, like the, um, there's the racist policeman yeah. sort of character they had. And also there's, um, uh, there are, there are a few, there are a few things like that, which are phenomenal, you know, phenomenal sort of on the nose. Um, of the time, but the I would say that the satire in it is less targeted mm-hmm. to individuals, certainly. Yes, and spitting right. image, and I think obviously, and obviously less topical, which, which is why I don't know. Every it used to be every sort of five years they they could do a round of repeats of not nine o'clock news in the sort of um, early nineties and stuff, but a repeat of spitting image isn't going anywhere. No, no, um, and lots of those sketches and. Spitting Image was staffed by what is an absolute sort of like cornucopia of real talent. Um, Thinking, I don't know, like Chris Barry and uh, Steve Coogan doing the voices and lots of times and Andy Hamilton doing some, you know, some of the the sketches and loads of other people. But um, it was, it was balls out. This is, um, this is a topical show. It's probably my favourite thing John Lloyd's ever done, to be honest. I think it's because it's the most dangerous thing he's ever done because he's a man of the establishment, I think. Um, so it's nice uh, that he's, he's done Yeah. It's nice that he was party to something which was really anarchic. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, now, before the next bit, you'll want to put these glasses on. The Jujanta 200 Super Chromatic Peril Sensitive Sunglasses are specially designed to help people develop a relaxed attitude to danger. At the first hint of trouble, they turn totally black and thus prevent you from seeing anything that might alarm you. JB, do you think Charlie Brooker knew he was ripping this off when he used it for the premise of one of the latest Black Mirror episodes? I would be surprised if Charlie Brooker hasn't seen Hitchhikers and didn't uh, know uh, what he was doing. And it might surprise you that I have actually seen this Black Mirror episode. Hey! Uh, I don't believe you. I said fire the klaxon. You don't fire a klaxon. Every series of Black Mirror, I have started to watch the first couple and then given up. (laughs) And um, that includes this series. And I've seen this one. It was um, the interesting thing for me was it was directed by Jodie Foster. Now, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, The scenes and stuff were were lovely. I think... um, even if it does have the, the I don't know if you've, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it because I know you young people um, absolutely go apeshit if someone tells you the plot of something. How have you? Yeah, we might get triggered. I don't know, but how have you, how have you all used to deal with all those, uh, I don't know, the Dan Busters films or whatever? <laughs> yeah, the, the, we know what the fucking end is. It doesn't matter. It's how you get there. But um, the, uh, yeah, but, but, okay. but basically the, the, um, the plot of the film and uh, the the plot of the episode of Black Mirror, which is essentially a little film, isn't it? The um is not about the fact the cowardice, which is uh, Douglas's things. So yes, you can't see something; it's not happening. Yes, um, which is a you know, there's a recurring theme. Is that somebody else's problem field? The fact <laughs> that uh, avert your eyes uh, from something; it's not your problem. The 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 sort of crux of the similar technology, I suppose, in the Black Mirror episode actually plays out a story of trust, which is quite, um, I suppose, a, a deeper and uh, slightly more interesting thing. Yeah. But um, I think I'm totally in the market for these uh, glasses, though, as long as I'm getting big enough for me head. Because <laughs> um, I recall going to uh, Drayton Manor Park and Zoo <laughs> when I was a young boy uh, a school trip and going on the uh, ghost train. Mm. And um, I was wearing, I was wearing a cap, uh, probably one of those sort of slightly plasticky caps that you could buy in the eighties. And um, I was scared of the things in the ghost train. So I was on the ghost train. So I pulled my cap over my eyes, so I couldn't see the scary thing. <laughs> Aww. And so, so you need the glasses because that didn't work, or? Well, I no longer, I no longer have a hat. <laughs> yeah, as, as we've said, we've there. There are some significantly sized heads in uh, in our in our group. Uh, I think, Mister Hickman, you might be uh, you might be chief among the um, in 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 the in the valley of the um, big headed people. The normal sized headed person is king. I'm quite affronted by the fact that you, you're assuming my head is a normal size. Yeah, um, I think so. I've never discussed my head size with you. Yeah, and, but I've seen um, you. Can you get normal glasses without having to go to the Wide glasses shop. It's actually there's actually a brand of uh, glasses called Fat Heads. <laughs> Is that for, Fat Face? Have you got confused? <laughs> I once. <laughs> you go Fat Face, and that's for some specialist glasses. Before I knew Fat Face was a thing, I was uh, at work, and uh, someone said to a, a female colleague, "Oh, that's a nice scarf," and she said, "Oh yeah, Fat Face." And I thought, <laughs> "What? It's not hiding it, love." <laughs> 
Um, and I, I don't. I, I think um, the the glasses company that you were you're, you're reaching for. I think it's. Um, I think it's pronounced Fathiards. <laughs> Old Mr. Favier. Yes, Mr. Favier. Uh, he will. Uh, he, he's a he's a glass, glassier. <laughs> he's a sun glassier. And he's and he's definitely got wandering hands <laughs> or wandering arms. <laughs> it was nice to see them um, uh, referenced in the first episode of the new. Um, what are we calling it? Uh, hexagonal phased radio <laughs> series. Um, although the whole um, first episode was a, a complete. Let's get. Uh, John Lloyd spent half an hour explaining the plot holes. <laughs> it, was, it was an enjoyable half an hour in the company of John Lloyd hmm. and the plot holes. Is he doing the uh, the guide? He's the booker. Ah, uh, right, now let's um, stick a minute and talk about something a bit more general. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a powerful organ. Indeed, its influence is so prodigious that strict rules have had to be drawn up by its editorial staff to prevent its misuse, so none of its field researchers are allowed to accept any kind of services, discounts or preferential treatment of any kind in return for editorial favours unless A. They have made a bona fide attempt to pay for the service in the normal way, B. Their lives would be otherwise in danger, or C. They really want to. I'm wondering, uh, does the kind of journalism Adams was writing about in the 70s and 80s ring true to either of you? I wasn't smart or alive enough to know, and I know you're not that that much older than me, but you do know stuff, so teach me. Grandad, what was it like during the war? <laughs> what was it like during the Gonzo journalism wars? Well, more more specifically, if we if we were in a war, John, it was, uh, Daddy, what did you do in the uh, in the war to dismantle the regional, local, and national press? Oh well, um, <laughs> and put everything on the internet for free or behind a paywall. Where were you when the when the Birmingham uh, Daily Paper went weekly? I do hold I do hold myself partially responsible for lots of bad things that have happened to journalism in recent years. But uh, good, I'm, gl- just, I'm glad I'm glad you're finally taking responsibility for that. This, is John. just that is just my ego. Uh, but I was I was pressured to take um, credit for it when everybody thought it was a good thing, and now it's a bad thing. I'm trying to realize maybe they're right. But uh, the um, what I think what the, when Douglas wrote um, the the certainly the first book of the radio series, it would have been the height of um, what we we're having in the UK, which is kind of re- almost a revival of sort of sixties Gonzo uh, stuff. So if you bought the music press, you might have been reading the work of like Nick Kent or uh, Julie, you know, early Julie Birchall stuff. Um, and, uh, you would have, um, and that was, it genuinely was an exciting new form of writing, particularly for England. Obviously, Hunter S. Thompson and, uh, and people like that have been doing it for a while in the States. But, um, that's, it is exactly what these people would do put themselves in the height of the story, take all the drugs. Um, and it was better for it. There's a really nice, um, of ebook short that Nick Kent wrote about um, what he called the new journalism, um, which is worth getting hold of and, and, and reading. So, if we're gonna if we're gonna like look at the the less sort of um, the less glamorous end of, of of journalism, obviously everybody who enrols in a in a journalism course wants to wants to be that that gonzo journalist, but most people are going to be applying their trade in um, more mundane day-to-day news news cycles and things like that and um i mean is it 
is it is it is it the is it the place is this the place to really talk talk about what's happened in that part of journalism because that part of journalism certainly isn't going to have people who have got any expense account or even are allowed away from their their desk um you look at look at what's happened in birmingham over the past 15 20 years and um the the move of the sort of center of gravity of produ- the writing production um out to um away from the city center out to um brownfield sites on cheap land near a motorway where you you get these ridiculous situations where um journalists are reporting at the, on their desk at their desk from a place called Erdington and they're not even able to leave that desk to go and report on things that are happening in Erdington they're having to say to people on Twitter can anybody tell us what's happening in Erdington um it's it's like a battery farm really um i mean there are there are some people doing some good work but it's um the the the, the pace of change and the the autonomy and the ability for a journalist to actually go, kind of go out and work their beat is massively, massively reduced. Um, and I think the the things that I saw as a media student in the late nineties, when I was working in local journalism newsrooms, it's, it's different. It's like unrecognizable now, even in the, in those sort of 15, 20 years um, to, to what it was. So the thing I was thinking about in the, all the, accepting the fact that, uh, Ford isn't really a journalist in the strictest sense. Um, he's, um, what he's doing is essentially, uh, swapping influence for, uh, freebies, essentially. And in a much lower rent, in the, in, uh, maybe in the eighties, I don't know. If you're a local journalist, maybe you didn't have to pay to get into, um, the town's top night spot or you can get behind the velvet rope or whatever. You might get a free scotch or and a little bit of um, sort of things like that, but there's a difference thing. So the local journalists now probably don't get that. They probably get a lot of uh, dry canapes and poor red wine, but they've got to get back to Fort Dunlop. But um, but the sort of the blogger or the YouTuber that is um, doing stuff for is make you doing it for free. Essentially, he's living off the free shit, and that's all they get. They're not getting paid. They're getting, um, I don't know, uh, so the like girls will start uh, makeup um, vlogs or whatever just to get free samples or or things like that. And I know that's not different to how it used to be because I started a computer games fancy when I was 12 to try and get free games. Um, <laughs> didn't really get very many. But uh, it turned out they wanted you to send them back. Um, so luckily we had a text tape machine. Yeah, but I, I, I think that, I think it's I don't think it's necessarily changed. Everything's just got a lot more low rent. Well, on that happy note, uh, let's say a quick hello to Zippo Bibrox five times ten to the eight. Judgmental supremacy, judiciary pag, the learned, impartial, and very relaxed is the galactic war crimes judge who sentenced the people of cricket to life in the slow time envelope. There are theories that he might be related to Zaphod. So, Mr. Hickman, nearly said, Mr. Hickman, dropping me H's, is there any credence to this theory? Well, Zaphod's just this guy, you know, so... Stop um, calling him Zaphod, uh, stop calling him Zaphod, stop calling him Zaphod. (laughs) Sorry, John, I know you had more to say. Just kill me there. But also, also, I was more interested, I was more interested in your reaction to the delivery of the line. Ah, he is just this guy. Because, 
because Danny's got this thing about how you deliver the line, you see, Ooh. and then you've just you've gone off in a different. Oh. <sighs> well, it's because you delivered it wrongly because you mispronounced his name. But it's hey, um, <laughs> what I my my main thought with regard to this question is that if I was going to ask for any spin-off series um, that is kind of like outside of Arthur's arc from Hitchhikers, I think um, Mr. Beeblebrox, I'm not going to say his fucking name again. It's easy, <laughs> it's safe just odd. Make me, you just make me stop. No, 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 you're not going to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would love to see Seyford do um, Who Do You Think You Are? Uh, and to actually go through his family tree. That would be so complicated because of the the whole incident with the contraceptive and the time machine. It would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I'm just imagining like, because part of the, part of what you have to do in that show is you have to, you have to be able to play your takes well when you find things out. Yeah. You've really got to be able to cry. So I'm just, uh, uh, I, I would love to see Zayford doing his takes, but both of his heads doing different takes <laughs> as they find out news. <laughs> it would just be, and, and also he'd be very fast at the documentary, um, at, the, at, the, at the document searches because of the extra arm. <laughs> so he'd be th- thumbing through multiple registries at once. Have they got three white gloves? <laughs> <laughs> So that would be that would be wonderful. Um, I, he'd also I'd also like to see him on MasterChef but again because of the extra arm. Um, just I think just generally walking Zayford through all of the celebrity BBC formats would be incredible. Um, he would totally do them as well. Oh god, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think he'd go to the jungle? Do you think he? Do you think he'd stoop as low? Yeah. I I no. I think it, I think it's. I, you know what? I think he might do one day because I think he would be one of those that assumes that it is oh. actually you, you get put up in a hotel, uh, uh, you know, each night. Um, and I think he would be horrified to find out that that isn't the case and would then walk. Do you think, do you think he'd Johnny Rotten? Yeah. I think it's yeah. fascinating how over the over the years, I would actually say that now Big Brother is lower rent than um, – uh, the jungle. Yes. When it started off, it was totally the other way around. Yes, absolutely. It, Big um, Brother used to be quite interesting. So, where does this theory come from about him being related to Zayford? Because that's not in any of the books I've read. No, uh, I think it's 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 a fan theory. Part of it being the um, the name and the fact that he's a chill dude because his his private name is Zippo Bibrock five times ten to the eight. So I'm I'm totally with this and because like so you'd have then the president, mm-hmm. uh the top judge, yeah. uh one of the galaxy's top journalists all being related. This don't is, go near their pizza restaurant. I this tell you. is the galactic establishment. Yeah. This is the um yeah, this is the sort of how they get away with it. This is the closed ranks, uh private school, uh cyber totally. cubicles. <laughs> um <laughs> Thing. This is yeah. This, these are the. This is the fucking galactic bullying club, and we must stop it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, and that is just about it. Uh, that is, in fact, it. That is the the uh, 
there's there's no penultimate about this one. This is the final proverbial it. So uh, if you want more of us in your life, then you can follow us on Twitter. You'll find John Bounds at Bounder. You will find Mr. Hickman at John Hickman. There's no H in John, but there is in Hickman. Uh, one day we'll turn that into a rhyme or a catchphrase or something. And you will find me at I am Stedman. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you again next week. So until then, share and enjoy. I would own the rights to your folders and I will own those rights for more time. (laughs)